0: Hey guys, hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Freedom Fanatics. This week I am joined by Chris and Alex, who are part of our fan team here. And um, yeah, and later we'll be joining Bali um, for a segment of Burning Questions. But for now, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok platforms, Um, basically wherever you are, that is where FAN is operating and busy, spreading um, our ideas around freedom. Um, And while now we can actually get into this week's episode, um, and the first thing that we're going to be discussing is um, events that um, occurred over this past um, weekend where we saw multiple mass shootings occurring in townships um, in South Africa, Um, and what what has been reported so far, is that there has been multiple deaths, uh, deaths, in, and specifically 15 deaths have been reported in one Soweto um, tavern. And currently, um, there is still a lot of speculation surrounding why these events occurred, whether it was gang-related, whether it was um, mobs, you know, um, entering these taverns and just shooting at people for no apparent reason um, as of yet. Um, but obviously, we're still waiting for more information regarding this issue from our, um, you know, our honourable um, police minister um, Chele. Um We're still hoping that you will figure out um, what exactly is occurring in the situation. But yeah, um, these incidents have um, have definitely rocked um, South Africa, especially on our on social media's media um, platforms. We've seen a lot of um, outrage of people being concerned and saying, like, how have people acquired assault rifles and then enter a public place where people are meant to socialize and completely just um, fire at everything and everyone? Um, Alex, um, I'll come to you. Um, what do you think about these mass shootings that have occurred? And is it um, an indication that Africa is sliding into further lawlessness in this country?
1: Mm, absolutely. I think, uh, I think you've nailed it on, on the head there, Shul. I, I think... Yeah, there seems to be a growing trend of, uh, obviously of what happened with uh, in your Benny, where it just seems like, you know, if someone goes out to have a good time, uh, you don't know if they're going to come back. Um, so it's a pretty frightening thing. I think, like you said, you mentioned how we're not entirely sure what the motive is behind this. Um, you know, if kind of a, being gang related would almost make sense in a way. Um, but no matter what the cause is, it's still pretty, pretty scary stuff. Um, and obviously, we we know of um, we know of mass shootings. We kind of associate them with with schools and stuff in in America. Um, and you know, there's a lot of outrage that that happens around that. Um, and we've had quite a few mass shootings in the last last couple of years, um, particularly in townships. So it's a growing trend, and it's worrying. And I think the problem is it, it seems we know that you know the police force is understaffed, it's underfunded by the police's own admission. So yeah I mean we have to return to ourselves for to to protect ourselves it 's a pretty uh desperate situation unfortunately Charlie we've just lost your audio my friend
0: yeah sorry it's just weird that some people um actually think that you know we should be taking away more guns from um, legal law abiding citizens when clearly there's not even enough police um Men and women to actually protect us from incidents like this. So, um, Chris, what do you think? What do you think about the situation? Yeah.
2: Um, I was going to say that we shouldn't. There are families that are, are, are hit by these tragedies, and, and we shouldn't lose sight mm-hmm. of the fact that. These families will lose breadwinners and lose their, I mean, it's seriously a big problem in South Africa. And if we don't fix the problem, fix the police and allow them to sort of get more people and train more people, then we're going to keep seeing problems like these and, and, and situations like the mass killings and just going to get worse from here.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That is definitely concerning. Um, And I actually wanted to also ask you guys, like you also think since you mentioned that that there is a there is a family um, um, aspect to this. Like we cannot forget that each person that was murdered in the situation, all of them have dependents and family. There are somebody's um, son or somebody's daughter, um, somebody's father by, um, by any chance. And the incident even that recently occurred with children being found um, in a tavern late at night um, actually just speaks down to the greater problem I actually think that we do have regarding the breakdown of um, families in this country. We know that this has, this has been an ongoing situation um, in South Africa, um, especially where poorer um, communities are tend to be affected the most Um, by an issue regarding this. Um, Alex, do you think that, yeah, obviously everybody is affected by this, um, but do families and parents, um, neighbors also have a responsibility to be, you know what, um, I'm going to take care of you as a fellow citizen, as a fellow community member, the Mm -hmm. same way I would want you to protect and serve me um, in a situation like this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah. I mean, one thing we could do is is, is sort of scale up uh, sort of community policing, which is like like an organization like Action Society, which trains people, and they're, they're, I'm sure there's tons of organizations who do that. Um, but I think that's kind of as far as it can go. Um, but we, I think what, what's happening is we're really seeing people having to rely on their own communities to protect themselves, um, and I think it's been like this for for quite a while. Um, and obviously, those who can afford it, you know uh outsource their safety to private security companies um but it's yeah it's such a good point about you know the breaking down of families but I think there's only yeah I mean uh, your life is just kind of put on hold by this kind of thing um when when you have to rely uh, or dedicate so much resources to uh safety and security uh where you could yeah. be just getting ahead and and you know getting your your own family um on the right track and and lifting them um, into prosperity. So it's kind of a, it's, it's a difficult uh, situation. And it's, I mean, look, look what we're up against. I mean, there's, there's rumors of more riots um, year on from the previous side. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough out there. So I think also just kudos to all those who, um, who are involved in, in community policing um, and forums and those kind of things. Yes, no, for sure. We
0: cannot um, neglect the importance that safety and security uh, plays in not only um, in the development of an individual, but also of a community, of a city, and then also a country, a nation that is South Africa. And I um, just immediately thought of um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, for those of you guys who are familiar with it, is that the foundational building blocks for any human life um, is based on the safety and security that they can actually then thrive and, you know, actually live be above and beyond um, themselves um, and reach out to other people then. And that is absolutely crucial. Correct. Right there, Alex. Um, and something that we are um, also experiencing in this country, um, especially when things such as our safety and security is being heavily neglected, is that what we are seeing is that many South Africans... Are is are now moving abroad and taking away their skills and you know crucial um productivity that they have um you know contributed towards this country with them because of many, many reasons um that um is actually highlighted in this article by Business Tech. And some of the um reasons that um people have, have cited as essentially leaving. Is due to South Africa's high um, um, taxation that, especially on income, that we have to pay. Um, so, yeah, um, business tech, in this article, they do mention that, you that um, some of it include um, high levels of taxation, um, or low quality of education, um, the lack of personal safety, and the um, low quality of health services within the country, especially from private. Um, not private sorry public um you know um, hospitals and medical facilities as well um Alex can I come to you and just ask you what are your thoughts surrounding this issue, and especially since we see that you know we cannot have we cannot, we cannot have this drain this brain drain of people um, leaving the country where there are better opportunities um, in other countries where their skills are appreciated and where the government is actually um you know creating opportunities for them something that is lacking here in south africa
1: mm, I think i think the one, the one important thing is that I, I like i understand how high taxation rates can be a massive turn off for businesses um and and i think the problem with that the government doesn't understand is that we actually do play in a global market and south africa is very far at the bottom of africa um and there are a lot of other options with even in there's i mean mauritius I think was cited in in the article as having very low taxation, uh, corporate tax rates, but that kind of stuff. But I think the major problem is that I I, I get the sense that there's a major feeling of taxes just not working for you. You know, this Mm -hmm. kind of like citizen abuse where your taxes just get blown out of the water and they don't go to actually helping you or your community, like with policing. Um, And I think there's such disillusionment around people. And the thing is, yeah, to quote, uh, Lil Wayne, you only live once, so yeah. you know, you're not going to stick around. <laughs> and, um, where, where, where you com- constantly worrying about your, your safety and your security, like you said, like yeah. the most foundational aspect, um, of your, your sort of your, your being. Um, yeah. So it's some, something's got to give and people who have options take them. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's something, it, it's, it's kind of the logical conclusion of a failing state, right? Mm. So. I think that's and, and yeah with the the loading that we're seeing now and people getting traumatic flashbacks towards what uh to the riots last year i mean it all you know it, it's bound to happen unfortunately
0: yeah Chris, um, let me let me know what what do you think are some of these things that we can um, begin getting right um to actually you know what keep um some of our professionals and some of and some of the people that we obviously need to um, function properly because something we've see seeing is with iscom is that because of the corruption and occurring over there, many people have decided to um, leave um, um One of the major executives have just left um, and that is a rather concerning thing when, as Alex mentions, um, the taxes that we do pay um, do not effectively translate into proper um, public services. But yeah, um, Chris, what what are your thoughts around that?
2: I think it starts with proper service delivery. Because if you're not getting your services, you you not you don't feel valued. So that sense of value, you need that sense of value to to sort of say, I'm going to now contribute to the economy by by working, and my tax money is going to government. Ask yourself, am I sure that this government will provide services for me that do give me back the value that I put in? And if it's not an integration thing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. No for sure, Chris. I definitely really agree with you. And I have to note that something that, um, I just thought I'd, 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 I'd note here is that, um, in this article, um, by, uh, Business Tech, many of the countries, um, including, um, I'm just going to list them, countries that are, that are, um, taking the majority of, um, skilled South Africans away, um, include Canada, the United States, Australia, Germany, um, the United Kingdom, Japan, um, Singapore, um, these are countries that are really attractive to um, many um, you know, people who are engaging in the free market. And something you can list, a lot of people might have a lot of opinions about this is wrong with this country, that's wrong with this country. But at its foundation, there's a common occurrence with many of these countries. They are free market democracies that respect um, civil liberties and people's economic freedom. Um, and, and that is definitely no uh, mistake. Um, Alex, can I just get your last thoughts on this? Especially because we do not see a lot of people are running to go and live in Venezuela, Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. Cuba or North Korea. Um, what are your thoughts on having that? I have
1: no, exactly. I mean, you know, the thing is like with the, yeah, I, you, you've nailed it. Um, you know, with people with economies are free and people have uh, safety and security and, you know, the government doesn't meddle in their affairs and doesn't take them, tax them into uh, oblivion. You get more prosperous people, um, uh, more prosperous nations. And I think it's, it's something important to just remember. And, you know, that's that they are, there's a reason people go to these countries and that's where South Africa should be uh, looking towards. I think the problem now is like, we've just got such a naval gazing ANC at the moment that, you know, they, Aside from looking at at themselves uh, and filling their pockets, they don't really care what happens with the country. But that's the thing. Success is out there. We can emulate it. Uh, We've just got to get some rotten cadres uh, out of the system. And then I think we'll be on the right track. Yes,
0: absolutely, Alex. That's perfectly seen. And we are going to end this week's um, episode of the Fanatics right there, but don't, but stay with us as we're going to join um Bali for um a segment of um, burning questions. We have a li- we have a lick and exciting um conversation ahead for you guys. So stay right there and see you guys at burning questions. <laughs>
3: Hi guys. How's it? Good. Good. Hi, Sholen. Hi, Chris. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Burning Questions. Mm -hmm. Um, guys, for today, we are looking at an article from um, our beloved uh, Tariq Khan. and yeah, guys, if you're looking to read any of our articles, just go check them out on freedomadvocacy.net. We write cool stuff and yeah, we bash the government a lot. So, guys, this article. Um, oh, well, am I allowed to say that? Do we
1: actually? <laughs> this, this is a safe space.
3: <laughs> wow. Man. Thank you. Thank you, Prabh. Thank you. Um so guys, this also um basically ties in with what um Sholin and, and Alex and the and Chris were talking about, which is ESCOM and how it's actually a failed um a failed thing. Let's call it a thing. I don't think we have to call it another thing. <laughs> so guys, let's go straight into the comments and um yeah, so the first comment is Compelling reasons for privatization. sadly the government won't let any of the SOEs go, as they are uh, its cash cow via corruption. Alex, do you think privatizing Eskom will work for South Africa? I, th-
1: I think it could could certainly help, um, or certainly just opening up the market to, uh, to independent power producers would definitely be a massive start. Also, letting. Um, municipalities and, and uh, provincial governments produce their own power, um, mm. you know, giving it a little bit more of a federal mandate to power production. Uh, yeah. But Debbie's nailed it there. Um, yeah. I think, well, I mean, this is yeah, I mean, do, does the private sector pre- perform better than, than the public? I think, I think we're a good example of where, I think the private sector can step in where the state fails for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like with, like, we're chatting about safety and security, you know, look at how many private security companies and policing forums there are, um, mm-hmm. compared to the number of police officers and the struggles facing the police service. So, I don't think there's any reason that um, power, power generation should be any different. Yeah, okay, all
3: right, I, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> Next comment is from Jackie, and he, she, or they, rather, let I me mean not, yeah, let me not be the person. Um And they say, "I honestly don't know, and always wonder what makes this Andre Dereter so headstrong and so determined that he can turn this around. I honestly wish that I had his courage. Shalen, do you wish that you had his courage as well?
0: um yeah, something that's definitely admirable about Andre Derette is his um unwavering um ability to call out the corruption and mess. Um, as a CEO of his own um, organization, um, Mm ESCOM, he has exposed a lot of major corruption um, happening with um, corrupting the contracts and so forth. And many people will at times even get assassinated for saying things or exposing things Mm -hmm. like this. And it's no joke. Um, We've seen uh, many people having to, you know, leave the country um, to for their lives when they came to state capture, exposing state mm-hmm. capture um, secrets. Here, this man, is he. oh, and he's calling out um, everyone that is doing the things illegally. But I and will also business. say, uh, to proceed with caution, is that this mm-hmm. yes, um, thus far um, under the rate has been admirable. But eventually people will, if the people do not see results, people will start calling him out and saying like, You've been in charge of ESCOM for this period of time, and still we have blackouts. Um, clearly, there must be a problem here. Um, so yeah. my thing to him would definitely be is his courage should not only be um, you know, filled with words, but it needs to be mm-hmm. followed by actions. And once mm-hmm. we see actions, I think then we can definitely start um, applauding him for mm-hmm. the results that, that we then see um, with our electricity. Um, being available at all times. Yeah, am Bali. Yeah,
3: definitely. I, I, I back him. I believe in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe let's go to the next comment. This one is a little bit. Uh, but you know what? Let me read it. Um, Van Rain Opel. I don't know. Sholene, this is where you, you help me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Did that I was say? Good right? Bali.
3: <laughs> cool. Um, and he says. Um, Fortunately, apartheid is there to blame, to be blamed. How convenient. I think here is being sarcastic.
1: Mm. To
3: a certain extent, can we blame apartheid? Because I think we have spoken about how mm. um used to be in the apartheid era. Um, I just th- I honestly just think in this comment it's just being sarcastic. Anyone want to respond to it? Chris,
0: if yeah. you want to.
2: Or shoulder? Yeah. I'd say
0: that... <laughs> yeah. Shall I go Oh Okay, yeah, so what I was about to say was um, that, yeah, it is, Apartheid is it, always a convenient um, villain um, <laughs> for these, um, you know, politicians, um, leaders, who are unable to provide us with any results right now. Bro, and like then, they say saying
3: that he was in Flippant, Roman
0: Island, and his mom was yeah, a Christian girl, and exactly. a parapour. My guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly in Bali. That's exactly <laughs> on point. It's like, guys, we absolutely understand that there was major suffering in this country, that there was Im- major injustices <laughs> done to many people of color, Um, in this country? Absolutely. But my guy, it's 30 years later. Many of these leaders and politicians have had 30 years. Um, Do you know what? Fix things and turn things around in a major way. But instead, what we are seeing is that they are lining their own pockets and filling um, their own trust funds Um, for themselves and, you know, their children's children one day. That's literally all they're caring about right now, Um, is to take as much money as they possibly can. And they will literally still turn around, be implicated in corruption, and still tell us the white man is trying to bring them down. I'm like, what? How? Like,
3: make it make sense. (laughs) (laughs) um the next comment which is i don't know what you how you guys will feel about this um juma k can't pronounce that i'm sorry juma love you lots though <laughs> the problem is foreigners chris oh. it's a simple straightforward comment he oh no
2: <laughs> way off oh hell no it's way off Ain't no way boy <laughs> <laughs> It's
3: people like I don't Chris, think they can say that, anything
2: more than that. Just no, no, literally. no. no, no.
3: <laughs> but maybe he, he can just say Eskom um, <laughs> has maybe they are getting a lot of pressure because all not all foreigners but people from like Nigeria, people from Zimbabwe. I think those are the two main countries. That I think mm. there is more, but um, two major ones that fly into SA. Um and they might say that, you know, they if we didn't have a lot of foreigners, you know, ESCOM would be able to supply everyone with electricity. Maybe that's that's where he would come from.
0: Yes, Sholin? Yeah, no, definitely, Mbale. I, I get your point that you asked that you that you that you're making there. It's, for sure. That is a, a, a good a good way of looking at it because we must also understand, um and Diego mentioned this a while back that during um, Apartheid, the main um, people that were um, the Apartheid government was aiming to actually provide electricity services for was the white population, which is a minority in South Africa. And now when you have a situation where um, there is now a broader population of, right now, approximately like 60 million, 50 million people that need electricity, that Mm -hmm. is um, a lot of considering that placed on, yeah. the, um, on the grid, on the electricity grid of South Africa. Mm-hmm. But then again, I just come back to the point that Alex made. Um, then if there are so many people, you know what can actually help with the consumption of um, electricity generation in this country, is not depending on one state-owned entity, aka ESCOM, <laughs> let yeah. everybody have the ability to generate their own electricity um, have ESCOM there to provide for the poorest of the poor um, and that is the way that we can actually, you know, have a um, what is this, an abundance of electricity <laughs> in this country um, because yeah. then eventually we we'll can even use that to sell to other countries I'm like, this is simple thinking and it's such an easy thought but they would not go this direction because it does not benefit um, the cadres or the ANC so that's why they wouldn't do it Yes, Chris?
2: Um, the National Planning Commission recently proposed that the government get rid of the limits on private power production. So it's currently standing at 100 megawatts, and they propose that the government get rid of it completely. And I think that's a good, a good thing because all a good plan because all this restrictions on on the amount of electricity that can be privately produced is is just ridiculous because you're never going to solve a problem if you keep restricting it.
3: And, yeah, uh, yeah. True, Chris. Definitely. Um, the next one, I think, the next and the last one um, is from Edward, and Edward says Cyril is the rotten apple here. If Cyril gets kicked out, you will have no more Lord shedding. I don't know about that. He's eating from the <laughs> gravy train slowly but surely. Okay, Cyril is the rotten apple when he goes not have no shame.
1: anymore. Mm-hmm. Alex, true or false? That's Yo, a I, lo- I, lo- <laughs> I love that that he's eating that gravy train, man. That that <laughs> is such a such a great uh, sight. Um but unfortunately he's uh he's making more gravy for the train, unfortunately. Um but no, I mean I, look I think there's Look, I, you wouldn't solve loading of a knife by getting rid of Cyril uh, or firing Tareta or any of these people, but I think what would ha- help a hell of a lot is to replace a leader with somebody who actually has a bit of a backbone. Um, and we I replaced Zuma with Cyril. Things got worse. I don't think we have stage six children.
3: JZ.
1: Uh, I think things have just gotten so progressively worse since then, and they yeah. kind of you know nothing's really changed. I mean, there's mm. still people who are employed at ESCOM who shouldn't be there. There's mm-hmm. there's brain drain at ESCOM. People took voluntary severance packages. Mm. Uh, now, I think it was this week. Chris might be able to correct me that uh, you know they they're considering the legalities around hiring um, like people with with critical skills basically for the power stations. Uh, Chris, I don't know if that that is the case. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So. Yeah. So. Mm. so yeah, I mean, it's, I think, yeah, changing the leadership, if you get Cyril out, um, yeah, because he's the head of the ANC. The ANC is the problem. So if you get rid of him, you know, the the, the fish are out at the head. So, yeah, I agree with Edward. Spot on. Let's, let's do that. Okay, guys. And the last
3: comment says, thanks, ANC. That is a sarcastic one, guys. Trust really, me. I know. They told me. <laughs> Just in case people think that we're praising the ANC in no ways. Guys, thank you so much um, for joining me on this episode of Reading Questions. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms at Badger of Liberty and yeah, remember your freedom is worth fighting for. Yeah. I'm just trying to also believe that myself.